Hi, I'm Keegan Sands, and welcome back to Ship It, the podcast from Debt Agency that's made by engineers for engineers. Ever wondered what it would be like to be a digital nomad? In this episode, we journey alongside Nathan Halsey, John Askew, and Kalisha Cook to find out what it's like to work and live as a digital nomad at Dept, and to explore some ups and downs of life on the road. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Ship It I.O. Uh, today we have the exciting topic of going through uh, being a digital nomad at Dept. Uh, for those who have not met me, I'm Jesse Streb. My role is Global SP of Technology and Engineering here at Depth, and I get the honor of being your host for today. So uh, let's do some quick rounds of intros. Uh, to clarify, I'm not a digital nomad, so I'm going to ask a bunch of silly questions today because really I'm just deeply jealous of everyone else that's on this call. So uh, I'm going to pass it first to uh, John Askew. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, so yeah, my name is John Askew. Uh, I've been with Depth for just over nine years now. Uh, I'm not actually a digital nomad yet, but about to embark on uh, an adventure, just selling our house and uh, buying an RV to full time in. Um, and I'm sure we'll discuss more of what I plan to do over the next hour or so. Good stuff. And John, what do you do at Depth? Uh, so I head up the .NET practice and uh, I'm a senior .NET developer. Good stuff. Uh, I'll pass for you. So I'll pass to, uh, to Nathan. Oh, yeah. Um, so my name is Nathan. Um, I am a product strategist at uh, Dept, uh, normally based out of Brooklyn, New York. And um, I've been pretty much nomadic since um, mid-December of 2021. Firstly, went uh, drove out west by myself, and now I am in uh, Europe bouncing around a little bit. Great stuff. And uh, we brought, and Kalisha's here as well, so not quite a digital <laughs> nomad, but uh, a very interesting perspective. So I'll pass to you, Kalisha. Yeah, thanks. I'm happy to be here. I'm Kalisha Cook. I am the Global Head of Resource Management and Mobility at Depth. So I've been with company since the end of January. I am not a digital nomad unless you consider Brooklyn coffee shops exotic. Uh, but I have a bit of a perspective on, you know, hiring and staffing, the logistics behind some of that. Um, I've done some briefs since here and there, but yeah, really more of a, a kind of a an agency perspective on how to facilitate some of this stuff. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for everyone for joining. Nathan, I would, since you've been on your journey a little bit longer than anywhere else, I would love to understand uh, kind of what first drew you to it, where you are in that journey, how long you plan to keep this lifestyle. Uh, if you want to tell us about your journey a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, really, it, it kind of came about because I had a friend who was kind of coming off of her own um, nomadic journey for about a year. And she just posted an Instagram story saying, hey, is anyone trying to sublet their apartment from like January to May? Um, and I saw it and I had been kind of toying around with the idea of like, you know, why am I in New York during the winter? Like I'm a big snowboarder. Like I like to be outside. You know, obviously COVID was actually in a lot of ways kind of an inspiration for this too, because just kind of still feeling kind of stuck in New York, obviously, you know, was hit really hard by COVID multiple times. Um, uh, Omicron was kind of like rearing its head at this time too, which is kind of strange. And that wasn't as much of a factor, but it was really just like, am I really about to be like cooped up in my one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn for another winter? Um, when there's this opportunity that basically serendipitously found my lap. Um, and so I reached out to this friend and I was like, Hey, I, I think we should do this. And, uh, you know, it was like the best of both worlds. She was willing to pay some rent for me. Um, 
And uh, she's also able to like water my plants, um, which is nice. Uh, actually, probably one of the biggest things. Um, I have a lot of plants. And um, yeah, basically just decided, okay, I'm going to drive out west. I have a lot of friends out there who I've been wanting to see for a long time. who have been promising that I'd visit. And um, it be kind of rolled into this like, okay, maybe I'm scoping like a move out there. Uh, and then it kind of just like went on from there. So I, uh, I drove from New York all the way to Seattle um, and then also spent some time in Portland, Oregon, uh, Salt Lake City. Um, I spent time in uh, Minneapolis, uh, Bozeman, Montana, visited Bend, Oregon as well. Um, so yeah, bopped around a lot, but it was primarily spent my most of my time in like Salt Lake City, Seattle areas in Bozeman. And then uh, basically decided to extend the trip. I had my friend willing to do that as well. And uh, yeah, so I decided to come visit all my friends in Europe who I haven't seen in two years or three, almost going on three years. So I have several friends here who have lived here throughout the entire pandemic. Um, so I haven't been able to really see them. And so it's been like a really special treat to kind of like end uh, things by seeing them. It's exciting stuff. Uh, I'm going to come back to a bunch of different things there because I think there's some definitely some interesting uh, concepts. Yeah, sorry, there. I know it was like a... No, no, little, that's, no, that's yeah. fantastic. That's <laughs> And John, you're on the other end of the spectrum, I know, where you're, you're, you've been planning a bunch. I know you and I have chatted through this in some one-on-ones, I think going back, gosh, maybe even to, maybe even early, late last year, I want to say. Uh, but take us on like kind of your decision tree, how you decided to go on this, what you've been doing to prep for it. Uh, love to hear your thoughts. Sure. So I think one of the main prerequisites for me was, uh, obviously, I had moved over from the UK to live in the States about seven years ago. So I think uh, after me and my wife did that, that sort of really opened the door to us taking on anything thereafter. Once you've done a move like that, you, you're not as hesitant about leaping in with both feet. Uh, and then uh, I think we've always, ever since we moved to the States, we've always relished the opportunity to see as much of it as possible. Like most of what I've seen so far has typically been through work. So it's airport, office and restaurant. That's pretty much all I get to see anywhere. <laughs> um, so resenting that a little bit and, and wanting to see everything that each of the states have got to offer sort of already set, sowed the seed of traveling a little bit more if the opportunity arose. Uh, and then just the way the housing market is at the moment, uh, especially on the East Coast, uh, but pretty much everywhere, I'm being a little bit of an opportunist and trying to sort of sell, sell up a little bit, benefit from that, that market opportunity. And I think what we would have done if we weren't going to travel is downsize anyway, but I didn't want to sell the house uh, and then lose all all the equity we we got from that by buying something smaller. What I'd rather have done is had a new construction built or something like that, uh, and maybe get an RV just to live on site while the new gets construction gets developed. And then it just expanded into well, if we're going to do that anyway, why not travel for eighteen months, twenty four months, and then have a new construction when the market settled down? And you know, if we need to wait longer, we can do. Uh, so it's just really. Uh, a bit of opportunism, really, that's the start of this cycle. Nice. Okay. Uh, and and Kleesha, as head of mobility, I mean, like, John's a great success story in a lot of ways, right? It's like, hey, I moved from England, they came to the U.S., I'm now traveling around seeing all the states. Uh, does this fill you a joy or gives you a bunch of worry, like, hear, hearing some of the, the challenges here as well? You know, it's both, right? I, I think it's a unique time that we're in. I think the market for hiring, staffing, all of those things has changed drastically since COVID. And we have proof points now. You can work remote and make it work and it's productive. I think the scary part is, um, I think to most people on the, you know, on the outside, it looks like it's a really easy thing to do, right? So I'm working from a coffee shop. I'm working from my parents' house. 
you know, what's the big deal if I up and move to Australia and work from there. But, you know, I think what people don't realize on the back end is there are a lot of logistics. So there's tax implications, there's implications with employment law, that sort of thing. And it's all really, you know, contingent on where you're coming from, where you're going from, how long you're going to be there. So I think it's exciting. It's a good thing. And everyone really wants to facilitate it. I think as long as we can just get a handle on it, I think it actually um, helps us to enable people to do that more. Absolutely. And I, I was glad to see a bunch of head nodding from, uh, from Nathan <laughs> and John when you're, when you're talking about all these things. So get it. Uh, I'd be curious, like either one of you, like what are, what are the challenges you, you've had to go through? You know, there's a bunch of different challenges there, right? There's the compliance part of it. I'm sure there's also Nathan, to your point, I mean, you're, you're in Hamburg right now and it's East coast mm-hmm. times it's the afternoon. So it's pretty late your time there, but let's touch upon, I'd love to hear like your, what you've had to go through to make sure that you stay compliant and working with our PNC teams or people and culture teams in order to make sure that you are navigating this correctly. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, this is not a permanent thing. Um, so I've already, I've always known that this was not like, I'm not going to be doing this probably for an entire year, even, you know, I'm going to be back in the States in July and I'm kind of like ready to be back in like one place. I'm pretty convinced I'm going to be moving to Seattle. So, um, that I kind of want to like have one last summer in New York and kind of do a you know, last trial, that kind of thing. Um, so anyway, partly is that I always knew that I, I wasn't it wasn't going to be a permanent thing. And I really did it only because I could keep my permanent address in New York. That was like a huge part of it. I didn't want to give up my apartment. And I frankly didn't want to like go through, you know, the complexities of like, well, where's my address then? How, like what state am I actually in? That kind of thing. Like, this is to me just like an extended, okay, I'm just like not in New York physically, but like, I'm not, not, I'm not relinquishing my residency there just yet. So that's kind of where my head's been at. As far as like being in Europe goes, like I'm only here for a month, you know, the American like automatic visa or whatever you get in the state or in Europe is like 90 days. So I'm like way under even coming close to that threshold. Like I've spent a lot of time in Europe, even more like multiple months at a time getting close to that 90 days in the past. So, um, you know, I kind of like had all that knowledge, but uh, yeah, I say that the most challenging thing is um, I guess like two things. One, if you're like in an unideal work scenario, being in coffee shops is like not all it's cracked up to be. Honestly, like it's really, you know, they're loud, they're uncomfortable. There's a lot of people who don't want you to be posted up there all day. I've actually avoided that entirely. Like I really have just been like prioritizing staying with friends or Airbnbs um, so that I can have my own work environment and workspace. Um, I also find it like better for my mental health to be able to have like a routine somewhere and feel like I have at least a little bit of my own space. You know, it's, it's hard to like sleep on a friend's floor for two or three weeks. So I've like avoided doing that kind of stuff a lot. And then the time zones, you know, which isn't really that bad, all things considered there's different challenges. You know, I had to wake up really early sometimes in Seattle. I had to, I have to stay up really late sometimes in Hamburg and it is what it is, you know? Um, but so many other people are working across so many different countries that I've actually found that like everyone has become pretty accommodating for other people because now the workforce force is so global across our clients and uh, our teams. And just because a lot of countries you're going to, right? Like one of the great things about Depth is that we have offices in a lot of these cities and these countries, including including Hamburg. I'm trying to pronounce it correctly, by the way. We've clearly been saying it the American <laughs> way all this time in Hamburg, which. Just like I can hear it now in my ears. But uh, have you been going into those offices? Like, for instance, like, have you gone to the Hamburg office? Um, I haven't. I actually didn't know we had a Hamburg office. I'm going to just completely own that. Um, oh. I did not know that. Uh, I, I used to go to the Rotterdam and Amsterdam offices quite a bit. Um, and I really enjoyed doing that. 
Um, and then the other the, kind of the, the reason I haven't really thought about it is because I was in Glasgow uh, and then I'm going to Avignon uh, and I was just kind of like, they're kind of not like none of my friends live in like the, these big, like, you know, kind of commercial hubs. So it's just kind of not been on my radar. It's just been kind of like, okay, Glasgow to Hom- Hamburg to Avignon. Like it's been hard enough to get like direct. I mean, you can't even get direct flights to like any of these places from each other. So I just like, haven't been thinking like, Oh yeah, we probably have an office there. So I actually need to probably check out the, the Hamburg office. You should, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow. Maybe you should head over there tomorrow. Yeah. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's, I hear it's a great office. So it'd be yeah, I definitely out. have no shame in just like walking in one day and showing up. That's exactly what I did in Rotterdam and everything. I was probably the first American to ever, besides you, Jesse and Ashley and, and Rocket partners, I think I might have been the first American just to walk in there and be like, what's up? I'm part of the American team now. And they're like, okay, what? I remember that. It was like a month afterwards. You're like, you're like I'm in Rotterdam. And it was like, you're like hanging out on their rooftop bar. I'm like, God, that looks amazing. Like, you're just doing things right. Yeah, I made some great friends. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so, Sean, I'm curious, like, how have you navigated the idea of, like, staying compliant, like, working with our, our PNC team to, to make sure that you're doing this the quote-unquote right way, too? So I'd say navigating because there's still so, so many questions and things to, to solve, and I think that'll be a constant when we're on the road as well. There's there's so many challenges, and I think, you know, as we, we're lucky that we've got the opportunity to do this, like, before retirement. Like I mentioned, it's something we'd have probably done when we retired anyway, and I think that would be much simpler. Because uh, the biggest things for me are making sure like I'm legally compliant from a tax perspective, that I'm not doing anything to jeopardize permanent residency um, and really just making sure that I'm not jeopardizing my work as well. So, you know, having a stable Internet connection, it's not too bad if you're going from hotel to ca- to what, cafes to offices. But in an RV, that's, you know, not necessarily going to be the easiest thing to manage. So, uh, you know, improvements in technology like Starlink are really helping facilitate uh, that and I'm actually on a Starlink connection today just to test it out and uh, see how it goes. I'll have to have tons of redundancy when it comes to internet. So as well as that, I'll have you know bonded connections with cellular networks and rival cellular networks and things, uh, and obviously have you know fallbacks that leave the RV to go and work. So part of our travel planning will be moving uh, you know 300 miles at a time from one campground to another a week so that my working week's not as, as disrupted and I've got opportunities before the work week starts to, you know, get a good spot, uh, on, uh, get a good site for internet, get a good connection, or find out if I'm going to have to actually commute somewhere from the RV on a, on a daily basis to manage that. Uh, so that's going to be something we can only plan so far in, in advance. You know, we, we're planning the trip sort of for, with a four-month lead time, understanding where we're staying. But even, you know, until we arrive at the campground, we don't know whether there's sort of tree obstructions that might affect Starlink. So we need to sort of get a hoisted antenna and things like that. So it's going to be an ongoing battle. And and as has already been mentioned, I think on the surface, it sounds like an easy thing to do, but it's there's a lot of stress that goes with it. And, and that'll be a constant. I did a lot of my traveling on the weekends as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Also, I want to offer a, a formal uh, apology to anybody who lives in Hamburg. It is not a small city. Um, I stand very corrected by uh, my friend who I am with, who uh, told me that I'm going to get some really angry Germans. I'm so sorry. I did not mean to, I did not mean to imply that Hamburg was small. I'm so sorry. <laughs> to flee the country soon. I think you're leaving on Sunday. It sounded like anyway. So, you know, it'll get out before this comes out. And so uh, don't worry. Just just whatever can go back. Just edit that out. Just edit that out. Yeah. Someone just yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll make that happen for you. Um, so I'd be curious, um, you know, 
especially Nathan, you've been doing this for a while, but you know, John, you're obviously a fantastic planner. Uh, you've been, I think you're taking a bunch of your skills from like being a tech lead and burning it out into the, to the world of being a digital nomad as well, which is fantastic to see. What would be your number one tip uh, to give to other people that are thinking about becoming a digital nomad? I think I've already touched upon it really. It's, it's about planning. Um, it's, it's not something you can just sort of do ad hoc and, and hope that it works. I think I'm, I'm yet to start the first first leg and we've been planning for six months just to manage the first four months of our trip. And I'm sure there's going to be stuff that crops up on a daily basis that I've got to battle with. So I think unless you're prepared to sort of be invest a lot of time in the planning aspect of it, it's something that's doomed to fail. Um, so that, that'd be my sort of number one tip, I think. Makes sense. So for me, this might be a little bit of a different take. I actually, my I would say my trip was, has been kind of loosely planned a lot of the time. Like I kind of had some kind of beats that I wanted to hit and then I gave myself wiggle room in between. But then again, I wasn't doing something, you know, John, your approach with the RV is like, um, obviously like super cool. Cause like, I also want to like live out of a van one day and, you know, do that whole thing. But like, you know, I knew that I was going to be like in places where I was staying like Airbnbs and stuff where my biggest fear was that my Airbnbs Wi-Fi would kind of suck. Right. So, you know, it wasn't as intense. So I was able to play it a little bit looser. So anyway, my, my take is a little bit different. I, I think that one of the most important things for me is to find a way to like, keep a routine. Um, I think some of the biggest challenges that I faced were like, when I would be in a city where I had friends and like they were treating it like I was there on kind of a vacation and I was treating it there. Like I was trying to like just live in a different place. Um, and you know, very quickly it was like, I was eating out every single night or I was staying up too late, you know, going for drinks and stuff. And it's like, that stuff is fine every now and then. But when that's like your whole life is just still happening, you're just in a different place. I find it, I found it really, really important for me to like, have days where I like didn't do anything and, you know, have days where I like prioritize exercise and like upkeep of my life. And those kind of moments where I could feel like, okay, like I have a routine here. I have my own, like, yeah, just, just kind of really focusing on that. And I think that's a skill that you have to learn too, because when you're in an unfamiliar place, you can kind of get in your head about, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I am, whatever. But like, even as simple as like this morning, I got up and I like went to the grocery store and I like, bought groceries and I, you know, made a point of like kind of identifying where I was in the neighborhood and that kind of thing. And like, that's really important for me to make sure that that I feel like I'm in war mode, not in vacation mode all the time. That makes sense. And, and how have you navigated that with clients? Have you been, you know, obviously you're shifting your hours to wherever you are. Are you also transparent of like, Hey, just so everyone knows I'm I'm in Hamburg right now, because that's something you, you lead with. That's like an interesting, like, topic of conversation or is it something you try to downplay yeah no i i i talk about it really openly um i mean candidly i think it's a great way to chat with your clients about stuff that isn't work i just think that that's a really important thing to do in general um you know i'm really like to be like close with my clients and feel like we're really on the same team and yeah just like having conversations like interesting things like that just to chat about is really nice and enjoyable you know sometimes serendipitously like when i was in glasgow just so happened that three of my team members uh, on my client or like three of my client members actually were in london from new york um and so i actually was able to like schedule a bunch of meetings with them because they had their calendar a little bit more clear because they were working um like GMT hours. So like, that was kind of nice. Um, 
you know, so little things like that is really nice. And generally speaking, I just make a point of it, like not getting in the way of ever doing the work with my client. Most people are very accommodating to be like saying, Hey, like, can we make the meeting an hour earlier? So it's not 10 PM for me. And they're like, yeah, of course. But I know that I'm here to do the job and it's my choice to be somewhere else, not theirs. And so ultimately I'm on the hook to be responsible for the work that I have to do. So I've taken that whole approach the entire time. Like I said, most people are pretty accommodating when I'm like, Hey, can we just bump it like one hour this way or that? that's about as far as I'll go. But if it's like, if it needs to happen and that's when it's most convenient for the client, then that's when you have the meeting. Like that's just, it's, there's no other discussion. So uh, you just kind of have to own that part of it and, you know, accept that you're going to have to work around some of that. I, I love that answer all around. I totally agree. It's like a great way to just like be transparent, catch with clients. And like, I think it's a, a very healthy and appropriate slash correct uh, philosophy as well. Just like how to approach those things. So I always think that Justin Ho, someone we've worked with for on and off for years. And I was thinking about like the original digital nomad that I knew because I'd get on calls him and it was always like, he was always around. And I was like, where in the world are you right now? And I just kind of would never know. Like, sometimes like, yeah, I'm in Boston. And then sometimes like, well, I'm in Singapore. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> so uh, I do love that though. That, that, is, uh, that's, that is really deep. I got it. I'm just curious. What has been, uh, what's been your favorite place you've visited so far? For you, Nathan, and then for John, I guess, I mean, what are you most excited? What's the most excited you are, state you are to visit? That is, oh man, that's tough. Um, I would say probably Bozeman, Montana is still one of my favorite places. Um, I really fell in love with it in a way that I like did not expect to. I had just like a really lovely time there. I was by myself and, and just, I don't know, I just really had a, a good old time by myself in, in Bozeman. It was really special. Um, although I will say I just spent four days in the Scottish Highlands. Um, and we had very like surprisingly good weather, uh, for the Scottish Highlands. It's, it's pretty, you know, variable weather. Um, we got four straight sunny days and like, I got to camp underneath the 12th century, like the ruins of a 12th century, like castle, because they have open camping laws where you can literally camp anywhere. Like it was, that was pretty wow. freaking amazing. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'd say, I'd say the, the top contenders are, are Bozeman, Montana and, and like the Scottish Highlands, you know, as far as like places that I could see myself living one day, I think Bozeman is still like one of those places where I'm like, I got to go back. I got to go back soon. Yeah. And did you, I know you're a big snowboarder. Were you snowboarding a bunch at Big Sky or like, is that? Was, yeah, I, I got to yeah, ski, I got to snowboard like three states that I've never snowboarded before. So I snowboarded in Big Sky. Uh, then we did some snowboarding at Mount Bachelor in Bend, uh, Oregon. And then uh, I got to ski at Crystal Mountain and Alpental and Snoqualmie um, in Washington, uh, along with uh, all the mountains in Salt Lake City, which I have been to before. But, um, you know, Snowbird for me is like heaven on earth. So I got to, you know, have a few good powder days of Snowbird this year, uh, bar none the best snow in the United States. So it was fantastic. Kalisha, I suspect that we're going to have a bunch more digital nomads after that answer. Between like camping like next to a castle versus like I know. crazy stuff. If we need a spokesman, I think we officially have one. <laughs> I think, I think we're realistic. A, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things I, I found, at least with the bopping around different cities and there being different people and like that kind of thing, um, you know, like John, what... what John's doing is like, I love the, the outdoor kind of like focus of, of what he's doing. And, um, but I think like a really important thing is, are you someone who can like feel at home anywhere? Because that I think is like the biggest thing that you have to either like learn how to feel or kind of like find a way to do that. I'm like, 
I, I don't really feel like super homesick. Um, I'm just like, I'm here now. And then I'm somewhere else. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I was like home or whatever. But when, in, when I feel like that, I feel like it's more of a product of like the space that I'm currently occupying is not comfortable enough for me to feel at home there. Um, and that's the thing that I like really search for. And then ultimately, like, just again, finding that routine helps you feel at home, helps you feel grounded in place. Um, because otherwise it can really like be tiring. Um, that is definitely like a, there's like a, a burnout in a very specific way uh, around traveling. If you don't find moments of like rest, even while traveling. Makes a lot of sense. Yep. All right, John, what are you, what are you looking forward most to, uh, which state are you looking most forward to visiting? Um, it's a tricky one because obviously there's so many on that list, but one of the things I think that stands out as something to look forward to is uh, the national parks in Utah. One of my friends who lives in San Francisco, um, he sort of goes down and we has done weekend trips and short trips down and covered the national parks there and some of the stuff he's done down there looks amazing, so I'm sure that'll be uh, pretty spot on. But um, another they're one that's... Uh, they're amazing. I can tell you firsthand yeah. that they're amazing and my daughter just did a, a report on, on Canyons National Park. Uh, yeah. So she's very excited to go there. So it's number one on her list. So um, hopefully, you never know. Maybe, maybe I'll meet up with you sometime this summer. I'll, I'll just pop yeah, in the yeah. Canyons. I'll, I'll try this lifestyle on for a weekend. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then there's a bit of an extreme. Another place that I'm really looking forward to is San Diego, where I know we've got an office as well. So I'll no doubt meet some of the folks from there as well. But yeah, San Diego has been on my list for a long time. I've been to California plenty, uh, but never to Southern California. So can't wait to go to San Diego and see what that's got to offer. It's a, it's a beautiful office there. And I think we actually have two offices there now, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. With, with Ricky mm-hmm. joining now, they, they also have an office there. So, but uh, oh, great. Basics office is, is a beautiful office. So I yeah. definitely encourage you. To All I can say, John, is, is don't sleep on Montana. It is like, sneaky the most beautiful state it's yeah so good yeah montana's yeah. amazing it's definitely on the list we'll be yeah. uh sort of we're going to be zigzagging uh to keep like set as close to 70 degrees as we can so we're like south for winter north for summer so we'll be covering yeah. quite a lot of states and montana's definitely on the yeah. on the list there yeah i was i was definitely not a sane person i drove um through minnesota and north dakota and montana in january um, oh, that is brave. Choice. That's where the planning would have come in handy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I just, you know, I just dodged the storms and it was all good. I mean, I planned the route. It was just the fastest way to get to Seattle. If you can get yeah. four consecutive good weather days in the Scottish Highlands, you can go anywhere. <laughs> I, I'm knocking on wood, but I've been having pretty decent luck. Although I did have a pretty crappy travel experience yesterday getting to Hamburg, which I guess is a whole other part of the you know, when things go wrong with, you know, being nomadic. So, and I think you both have touched upon this a little bit, but uh, I'm just curious when you, uh, for you, John, as you're planning and for you, Nathan, like from a day to day, what worries you the most uh, with this lifestyle? I, I can start with that one. I mean, for me, I think I've mentioned it, but like the internet connectivity is the biggest one because I think that's the biggest risk for the way I'm, I'm going about it. So that's the one I've put most effort into sort of mitigating um, and the one that, that worries me the most but the other the other one is sort of more general like going from like 3,000 square feet to 300 square feet is quite intimidating <laughs> and I'm sure there'll be certain days where I regret that decision especially because we've got pets so when the pets are sick we're going to be right amongst it so that's that's I'm dreading the first day we wake up to some unwanted mess from the pets but uh, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it's it's really just the the unknowns, I guess. They're the the bits you can't really plan for. So that's the the most daunting aspect of it. I, I, that's why I've seen the research done with Starlink. Very impressive uh, connection speed, by the way. So I saw what you posted the other day. So uh, fingers crossed. But yeah, I I suspect that was going to be your biggest concern. Yeah. Uh, how about you? How about you, Nathan? Or, or does nothing worry you? I feel like maybe nothing does worry you. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess you know, got to be somewhat <laughs> implacable. Um, no, I mean the the Wi-Fi situation definitely. Um, yeah, you know, people boast to have good Wi-Fi in different places, but you know, it's like, is it going to be that good? Um, is the place that you're going, you know, if not your friend's house, like an Airbnb, is it going to be like what it, you know, as advertised? Like, I was living actually in Bozeman. I was like cohabitating with my Airbnb hostess, so um, that was like a new experience for me and that could have gone different ways, you know, depending, you know, she was great, but like maybe it wouldn't have been as ideal or as comfortable for me. But I think like the biggest, (laughs) one of the biggest things that kind of worries me is like being back in one place again. I think that like, it is like when you're traveling all the time and like everything is novel, right. It's like very addicting and it's very like energizing. Um, But then it's like, okay, then you land and you have to kind of just like be home again, you know? And like life hasn't stopped obviously. Right. Like while I'm away or anything, you know, I still have to manage like my life happening, but um, kind of like going back to New York, being back in like my apartment and everything, I'm like wondering, am I going to get really jittery again? Is this something that I have to like figure out how to just make a part of my life? Like, I know I will always travel, but like, is it going to be more of a, Oh wait, I actually just just don't want to be in one place all the time or something, you know, I'm a little worried about that because I'm kind of coinciding this whole thing with maybe I want to move out West and that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, am I going to get back and be like, fancy? So I don't know. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kalisha, and then we'll, we'll wrap up because I know we're coming up on time, but uh, love to get your perspective on hearing all this. I know you're somewhat new to depth, uh, but being ahead of mobility, um, just like general thoughts, like you think there's a good pattern to think we're thinking about things right? Are there things you think that we should be thinking through more? Yeah, no, I think it was really nice to hear that people already have a lot of the things I think you need to be aware of in the back of your head. I think um, be practical and be realistic about what works for you. You know, in other agencies too, what I've seen work really well for people, you guys both touched on having some sort of a routine, having a plan, because I think a lot of things sound great in theory, but all of a sudden you have good Wi-Fi and then you're in a room or a house with five other people and it's not so good, right? So just be mindful about those things and how, how you can keep it as stress-free for yourself and productive and um, keeping that routine, I think is the best thing that you can do. So yeah, I, I think it's a great thing. I like seeing that companies are heading in this direction. I think a lot more will join suit. I think there's a lot of people who are still averse to it. So I think we're really in a good position to work for a company that understands technology and how you can collaborate. And just because we have so many offices around the globe, I think we're all pretty accustomed to being accommodating. Um, But no, I think it's a really good thing. And I'm excited that people are taking advantage of it. I like it. Um, So I didn't prep you guys for this, but the way that we end every single ship at IO episode is with a pick. And usually the pick has to do with the topic of the conversation um, of that episode. So uh, for today's pick, um, in the spirit of this, and so I'm going to constrain you, I'm going to constrain everyone on this call. Um, You have to pick one office. You have to be in the office that you work from at depth for the next, say, two years. What would your office be? And I'll, I'll kick it off first. So uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, to my peeps in Split Croatia. Their city is absolutely beautiful. If I had to be somewhere for two years, 
I think I'd, I think I'd pick split, split Croatia. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll pass. Cliche, you look like you're right. I'm going to pass the Cliche. I think it's a real harder <laughs> oh, question yeah. than the digital nomads. Oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely going to Argentina. I'm going to the new Mar Plata office. I mean, it's brand new castle. Time zones are somewhat aligned here. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to spend winters down there and then I'll, I'll fly back to New York. Actually, you know what? That's a good call. That castle looks amazing. I, I was very, very upset that I missed the trip down there for the opening here. That's a fantastic Extremely call. jealous. <laughs> yes. Yep. All right, John, how about you? Oh, I guess I'll take your word for it and I'll uh, go for the San Diego office or one of the two San Diego offices then. That makes sense. Oh, man, this is the worst question to ask. <laughs> He's I like, you can't tie me down to an office? <laughs> Oh man, yeah, maybe I should say the Hamburg office so I run any bridges. Um, I mean, oh, I loved the Rotterdam office, I love the Netherlands, I, I love the people there. I could easily see myself going back there if I was thinking, like, I mean, this I love Cro- Croatia, is like one of my favorite countries I've ever visited, so like the split office sounds great, and then I guess the Denver office because it would allow me to do more of like the outdoor stuff. So, like, if I could, if I would really had to choose like right now where I am in my headspace in life, I probably would choose the Denver office or anywhere we had, or if we have like a Utah office, maybe Salt Lake City or something like that. So, yeah, somewhere probably like around the mountains. I, I think that's where I'm, I'm hedging my bets these days. I like it. I like, we pinned you down. It took a while. We pinned Nathan down. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, I'll, like I'll say Denver. We'll just go. I'll let you go on that journey with you. That was good. Uh, well, I appreciate everyone uh, joining for this episode. Uh, this is super, super interesting. Uh, I think we're getting a lot more interested in digital nomads after hearing this. This is a uh, amazing, amazing insight to your life. So uh, thank you again, everyone. Hey, thanks you guys for having us. Really appreciate it. It's great to yeah, hear all these you. stories. And thanks for the opportunity as well. I can't wait.